Rachel's giving me the momster. Ellen's futzing and she's making noises what in the background. What does futzing mean? I'm playing. I read a book with the word futzing. Actually, I'm listening Amanda to a book. Amanda says the word futz all the time. <laughs> Raise your hand if you say futz. I never said it before I started working. Did with you, you start saying it? Have you said futz? I yet? have said it because you say it all the time. It means when you're messing with things. Like, and I'm futzing with things, Ellen. I futzed with this. <laughs> futzed with that. <laughs> I really hope there's Don't not, with me. I really hope there's not a negative connotation to the word butts. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog Eared Books in Ames Island. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yep. books are sexy. Whoa! That one came out quick. Okay. Let me tell you what we're drinking today, Ellen. What are we drinking? I'm really excited about this. We went to Cyclone Liquors and had like a super fun conversation with one of their wine sellers there. It was kind of like book selling, but with wine. So he recommended, actually, our our director, uh, Rachel, picked out this really cool Game of Thrones style <laughs> wine bottle. It has a silver plated medallion on it with a knight and fleur de lis. Um, we should be drinking from like a chalice. We should have chalices, but we'll have to get by with stemless flutes today. It is called Segura Vidas, which probably has something to do with life. It's a Spanish cava made in the traditional method. I know we had a yeasty champagne last week, and that was, like, <laughs> unfortunate. But this has... I liked it. I know. I loved it. I just didn't like your use of the word yeasty. It's kind of like moist. It's one of those words we wish we could involve, <laughs> uh, just get rid of. But I will refer to this as a bread flavor profile instead, because you know what? Bread oh God, uses. I love bread. Yeah, I love bread, too. So it is a dry dry kava i'm super excited to drink it let's pour it i think i could live on just like bread and butter you wouldn't miss chocolate nope well i mean i might miss it but i don't think i would like if i had to choose i would choose bread especially butter that's like salty mm, yeah it smells really good very bubbly. Rachel has all these um, very specific and I personally think restrictive rules for us. Like we can't hold our bubbles too close to the microphone. So she gets she got mad because I just did that. Let's do it. Let's cheers Here's right the, by here. Hear the fizz. Hear the fizz. Hear the fizz. Hear the bubbles because it's bubbles and books. All right. Now that we have our champagne in hand, we can start talking about what we're reading. What's popping this week in our reading lives? So I am actually in a very rare spot, which is in between books. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. So I went to, I had a, a Galentine's weekend this weekend and I hung out with friends all weekend, which was awesome, but I didn't get any reading done. However, you did take them books, which was really cool. We did blind I, date. Yeah, we, I did. I took them books. And so this Galentine's weekend was in Minneapolis and I got to go to Moon Palace Books. And so I bought some books at Moon Palace and I talked to one of their booksellers and she was so awesome and she gave great recommendations. 
And one of the books that I bought there is The Thursday Murders Club by Richard Osman, which I've been wanting to read for a while. So I'm going to pick this up tonight. Like, I mean, I was like partying all weekend. And by partying, I mean, I was up till like maybe 11. Okay. So (laughs) I didn't have time to read. And then as Rachel knows, I went to the Gin Blossoms last night. I just haven't had time to read. But anyway, I bought The Thursday Murders Club. And I'm going to pick it up today. So the premise is you've got these four uh, retirees. They live in this retirement village in uh, England. And they meet every week on Thursday to discuss cold cases and unsolved crimes. Well, shit gets real in the retirement village because the village is expanding and the main developer is found murdered. Ooh, he's probably a nasty character. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't read it. But the four retirees obviously get the case. And I think there are actually more murders, so more bodies keep piling up. And everything I've heard about this book makes me want to read it, that it's sort of like hearted and cozy. I love that it's um, older characters, like um, especially in the mystery genre. I can't really think of very many mystery books that feature older characters. So I'm excited about that. And I love mysteries. Mystery is like one of my favorite genres. And I think right now I'm coming off of reading a lot of more like literary fiction. And so I just want that nice, like fast mystery, heartwarming type of story. I love, yeah, well, I love when you read something that I've been wanting to read because then I can find out through you if it's something I should add to me, my TBR based on the popularity of this book, I have a feeling it needs to be on my TBR. Yeah. And the, and the thing is too, it's the first in a series. Mm -hmm. So, uh, which is awesome because if you like the first book, then you know what you need to read next. So the second one, the man who died twice came out last September. And I know that there is a third book. I don't think it's titled yet, but coming out soon. I'm reading an advanced reader's copy of The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, who wrote The Glass Hotel and Station Eleven. One of the perks of owning a bookstore is you get these advanced reader's copies. Um, I'm reading it because I know this is an author that's going to pique people's interest, and I want to know who the right person is to hand this book over to um, and see, you know, if it's as it's if it deserves the hype of Station Eleven. All right. So in this one, uh, we have, this is how it's built. A novel of art, time, love, and plague that takes the reader from Vancouver Island in 1912. So like the, the Spanish flu to a dark colony on the moon 500 years later. I'm, I'm interested. Um, we have a, a gentleman who's been sent to the Americas um, by his family when he speaks out of turn at a family dinner. I mean, that never happens. I know I would have been sent to a country a million different times <laughs> for what I say at dinner. Um, but he, he crosses his conservative, uh, cl- colonial British parents wrong one night at dinner. And he's sent to, um, North America and he starts on the East coast of Canada mm-hmm. and makes his way West to Vancouver. That's all I know so far. Um, I love the main character's sense of humor. It's very dry. Um, He's a very contemporary gentleman, but kind of with a silliness to him. So I'm excited to see where this story goes. And I also love Canada. So I cannot wait to read it. So it's actually a book club pick at the store. I think it's our May book club. So I've 
you know, I've had the arc and I've wanted to read it, but I I can't read it until it's book club time because then I'll forget things. Right. But Emily St. John Mandel is a fantastic writer. Everything she writes is going to be good. Like, right. She's just so reliable in that way. She has a clarity in her writing. It's just crisp. You can feel it. You can see it. So I'm really I'm I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. And it has some nice short chapters, which for me, with my attention level right now, is just perfect. It's what's going to get me out of my reading slump. Um, all right. So, Our topic of conversation, which is really interesting because you were saying you're in between books for two days. That never happens. Right. You might get fired. I might get fired. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumor about our bookstore that we heard through a new hire, uh, Mariah, one of our fantastic booksellers. She said, I heard that in order to work at Dog Yard Books, you have to read 10 books a month. Is that what I, she heard? I think it was lower than that. I don't remember. I've heard different numbers, though, because then I said something about it to another bookseller, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that rumor. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell the truth of the rumor, Ellen. I will neither confirm nor deny the reading quota, but I will vaguely deny it. <laughs> and I would vaguely affirm it in that we we highly value reading when we hire. To be a bookseller, it must be part of your identity. You must be a reader. It must be the thing you turn to, the thing you turn to when when you when you have downtime, when you want to relax. You got to have a book that you're reading every single night. That's what it is to be a reader. You buy socks that say fuck off, I'm reading. <laughs> That's how you know. I like totally you know have those socks. it's part of your identity. Um, and one of the reasons why it's so important to have epic readers on staff is because of yeah. what it what it does in terms of making us an indie bookstore. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And so this whole idea of a reading quota is a little bit laughable. And what I told her was like, I don't actually give a shit how many books you read a month. I just want you to, like you said, be a reader like it's a part of your life. You're always reading a book. You're not you're never really in between books for very long. So for me to be in between books for two days is like unheard of. Right. Like I will literally finish a book. I'm in bed reading. I'll finish a book. I'll set it down. I'll reach over and I'll pick another book up off my nightstand mm -hmm. and I'll start reading. I'm never in between books. Um, but this like reading quota idea, we do ask people when we're hiring, like, tell us about your reading life. You know, how many books would you say you read, you know, in a given month or whatever. But, um, it allows us to have, it's not coming from a snobbish place, right? Like, cause some, some months, like maybe I only read like two or three books and like last month I read like 11 or something. You know what I That's mean? That's really impressive. It totally just depends. And we get it. Like we talked about reading slumps last week, but what indie bookstores can offer that other bookstores can't or Amazon can't is just that personal recommendation. Like you come in and you're talking to people who read books. Um, you know, you can walk in our store anytime and talk to one of our booksellers and they'd be able to tell you about all the books. Do you hear that fidget tube in the background? Yeah, <laughs> that's um, one of my poor buys for the store. Fidget tube, pop tube. Rachel's tubes. agreeing with you. Right. We'll see if it keeps going. But this is life in a bookstore. It's beautiful. Kids playing, booksellers talking about books. You get to hear it all on our podcast. Um, but yes. If so let's, let's if, yeah, let's talk about the benefits of an indie bookstore. Right. That's the reading quota rumor. Okay. Right. Which is fun, which is fun. But the important thing is we are staffed by 
a group of readers who have a lifetime of reading knowledge that they can draw from. So when you walk in this door, you can tell them one tidbit about yourself, something you enjoy doing, um, your hobbies, the one book that really caught your attention. And they can take that and go find you a stack of books that they know are really fantastic reads and are sure to satisfy you. Yep. What else can an indie bookstore do, Amanda? Hmm. Well, well, you can drink champagne. You can drink, yeah. Not yeah. all indie bookstores. Not all. Dog-eared books is very special. You can also pet a dog here. If Lovey is on staff for the day, um, she does like to take breaks um, and have days off to play with balls and roll in the snow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, JK. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> you... You can create, you can find new friends. I mean, the friends we've made from readers who come in here again and again and again um, for our book clubs or just to hang out and read or to find our next book. We have made friends. You can find a community. You can find a place to belong. Um, you can find a place to relax. Um, you can find books that affirm your identity, um, make you feel like you belong. Yep. <clears throat> so... Even if you are not in Ames, Iowa, find your indie bookstore and support your indie bookstore because your indie bookstore supports you. Love it. Okay. Rachel just rolled her eyes at me. Now we're going to take- She is so- Can we fire her? No. <laughs> Please. No. No. I'd give her my kidney. Uh, not that it would be Would you possible. give me your kidney? I would too, but then I would die. So one of you needs it first. Okay, if you- Whoever asks for it first, I'll give it. What if I was, what if Rachel was like, I really need your kidney. And I said, I probably need it, but I'm not for sure. Well, I would save <laughs> part of my liver for you. You know how you can cut off part of your liver and then Didn't it like that. becomes someone else's liver. Isn't that, I'm pretty sure. So you can share my kidney or my liver. I can only give one kidney and one part of a liver. And I think that's it. I also have ovaries that still work. If anybody needs those <laughs> eggs, I really don't need them anymore. Four kids is enough. Ellen, tell us what's new in paperbacks this week. I know you're excited about the first one. Yeah. So the first one is Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. And this is a beautiful book. His writing is gorgeous. Anything Again, a writer that like consistently will be good. So I read Clara and the Sun last year when it was in hardcover. Now it's out in paperback, so everybody should read it. And if you read any of his work before, he kind of he kind of deals with a lot of the same themes, like advancements in technology and what makes somebody human. So in this story, Clara is an artificial friend um, who relies on solar energy. So she's powered by solar energy and she's a friend to a child, Josie. So in this world that he's created, kids have these artificial friends, they're robots. That's sad. Yeah. <clears throat> so Josie is a teenager and she has fallen ill. And we know that this is due probably to genetic editing that is going on. So believing that the sun has healing powers because it gives her her strength, Clara decides that she needs the sun to heal Josie. So she like is imploring the sun to bestow its nourishment upon her. And she's always seeking the sun 
Um, she can see where it sets, but she doesn't really understand how the world works. So she's willing to make huge sacrifices in order to save Josie, even though she's a, a robot, robot, basically. Um, so this book asks like the same question that like his other book asked, Never Let Me Go, which is probably the most famous book he's written. And it's what makes somebody human? Like, is Clara human or is she not? I think love. Yeah. So maybe the answer is yes. Yeah. Let's read it to find out. It's gorgeous writing. It's right. it's just a beautiful storytelling. A couple quick other big titles coming out in paperback this week are Empire of Pain, a nonfiction account of the Sackler family dynasty. It's history. And then it's demise with the Oxycontin addiction crisis. We also have Between Two Kingdoms. This is a... Beloved memoir, one of our staff members really loves it, about a woman's diagnosis and recovery from leukemia. So both of those books, Empire of Pain and Between Two Kingdoms, have resonated with our readership. We've sold a lot of those books in hardcover. So if you haven't had a chance to read them, this is a great time to buy that book and read it. New for young adults in paperback is Pride and Premeditation. This is the Mm. first in a three-book series from an Iowa author. Terza Price, in which Jane Austen's novels are retold with a twist of mystery. So Jane Austen plus Agatha Christie sounds like a fantastic retelling of a classic. And and we have booksellers who've read this book and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And we're really excited about it because Terza is going to visit the store in April for the launch of the second in the series, Sense and Second Degree Murder. Yes. You can pre-order the new release or pick up the paperback copy of Pride and Premeditation and then come by the store to have it signed on Monday, April 11th. Awesome. Rachel, tell us about the new release paperback original that you're excited about. All right, I'm excited about Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. It's book two of the Bellinger Sisters series. Book one came out, I believe, last year, and it was It Happened One Summer, which was incredibly good, very romancy, steamy, and just absolutely delightful. This time we're getting Hannah's story along with Fox. Whoa, steamy name. It is a steamy name. And he has a very playboy attitude and she has a love of music. So they kind of have been bonding over that. And I believe that this story focuses very strongly on the music aspect of how she incorporates that into all parts of her life. So we are heading back to Westport. Yeah. And isn't this going to be a Between the Covers book club selection? It is a Between the Covers book club selection for March. So grab your book tomorrow or today. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Pick it up. Grab your book today. All right. New release and hardcover. Hit me. One Italian Summer by Rebecca Surly or Searle. I should have looked that up out of our podcast. But either way, she's a well-regarded author. She wrote In Five Years, an incredibly popular time-traveling romance I read that one. It's one of those heartbreakers. This one is about a mother-daughter love story. Katie loses her mother before their long planned trip of a lifetime to the Italian coastal village where her mother fell in love with her father. Katie has to make the pilgrimage on her own, but when she gets there, she finds her mother, young and suntanned, with the opportunity to get to know her in a completely different way. 
I'll be grabbing a copy of this for myself and my mother will be a Mother's Day read, I imagine. Um, I think this is the level of tearjerker that I can handle. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, and a coastal Italian story. One of my favorite books, Beautiful Ruins, coastal Italian love story. Right. Sign me up. Okay. So tell me about what you're excited about. Okay, so this is brand new debut author, Groundskeeping by Lee Cole, who... BTW is a recent graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop. Woo woo! Okay. So this novel is being blurbed by the likes of Ann Patchett. So you know that it's going to be good. So this is like, I think, more literary fiction. So definitely maybe a little more highbrow. I don't know. But <clears throat> here's the premise. This guy... Owen is in his late 20s. He's an aspiring writer. He's from Kentucky. And he's moving back to Kentucky. And he's he moves in with his grandfather and his uncle. This is like 2015, 2016. And his grandfather and his uncle are Trumpers. And Owen is not. The middle schoolers that I know call them Trumpies. Trumpies, Trumpers. Can we either just way. call them assholes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay, we know who our clientele are. Apologies. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, anyway, so while he's there, he gets a job as a groundskeeper at a small local private college. And in kind of as part of the deal of his employment, he gets to take writing classes. And during this time, he forms a somewhat secretive relationship with the writer in residence, Alma, who is the daughter of Bosnian immigrants, comes from a pretty liberal family. And they form this relationship and she sort of doesn't quite understand why his family relationships are so dysfunctional. And, uh, but yet comes from this very like liberal background. Um, So I I think the story is really kind of about family and when you give people grace and maybe when you don't give them grace, but I am very excited for it. I think it's got a beautiful cover. Yes, we judge books by the cover, but also there's there's an Iowa connection and the reviews of this book are so outstanding that it makes me really want to check out his writing. Awesome. I'm excited about that one. And it's very relevant. It's what we're all going through. We all we all have divided politics in our families. And so Oh yeah. I mean, how many of us have had those like horrible you know, conversations with like, I love you, but I fundamentally disagree with you. And how do I navigate that? And processing those things through literature is what books are all about. It's better understanding our worlds and what we think of it all. All right. Um, Our bookseller, Jesse has this next one on her radar. It's called The Love of My Life by Rosie Walsh. It's about a woman with a secret past. Emma, a well-regarded biologist, has questionable love for her husband and daughter, but when she's stricken with a serious illness, her husband begins to uncover a hidden past that threatens to dismantle everything they hold dear. This one's been compared to The Last Thing He Told Me, which was a really enjoyable mystery from last year. So if you enjoyed that one, pick this one up. Do you have um, a secret past that we don't know about? I have no secrets. I feel like Rachel for sure does. Yeah, Rachel might, but I wear my secrets like boldly. It's my pride flag. <laughs> you are who you are. I we am who I am. Where you, you are. You won't ever have a question about where I stand. All right. Lastly, it should be on your radar. Gallant by V.E. Schwab also goes by Victoria Schwab. 
Uh, so she's a prolific writer. I mean, she's putting out books all the time, uh, very much in the fantasy. She writes both in YA and in adult uh, fantasy fiction. And this is a standalone. Um, so check it out if you're a fan of her work. She wrote The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is probably her most famous piece, but she writes a ton. She's always putting out new work and it's they're really engrossing reads. New in kids this week are a couple I'm really excited about. In board books, we have Cat's First Baby by Natalie Nelson. This is, if you can call it a sequel when it's board books, sequel to the very popular Dog's First Baby. We sell a lot of this book. You know, (laughs) dogs are your first baby. And then what happens when you bring a human baby into the mix and that dog has to reckon with all the lost attention? These... um, Books are both framed from the perspective of the pet that ruled the roost before mom and dad bring home the baby, and it's the perfect book for homes with beloved cats and dogs. So cats came second. I'm just putting it on the record. Dogs came first. All right. In early readers, we have Secret Spy Society. That feels a little judgy. I'm sorry. Rachel and I just exchanged a look. We I have a dog and a cat. We are you called are, dog-eared books. You're, Rachel's cat, your dogs. I'm like, what am I here? I'm you're the peacemaker. Switzerland. The You're Switzerland. Switzerland, but I'm just putting it on record. We called our store Dog-Eared Books. So because yes. dogs growing up. We dog-eared the pages. We dog-eared the but pages. As an adult, and we have a dog you in the store. Have cats. I have a dog, a cat, and uh now one fish. The second fish just died. Ellen is more sophisticated. Amanda is one note. But I know what I like. You just we just talked about this. I don't you know, know that what I like. Anybody has ever called me sophisticated in pet ownership? In pet. <laughs> well, okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, early Shout readers. Out to Olive and Zoe. What 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 what? Okay, go on. Early readers. <laughs> One of my favorite early readers to come out in 2021 was the Secret Spy Society. And that was the case of the missing cheetah. That was a good one. It was. Veronica Meng is the author illustrator, and she really holds her weight in both categories. She's written a book about a trio of girls who discover a secret society of spies. And those spies are all based on really badass female spies from history that they get to learn about in the appendix of the book. They also have an appendix that teaches Morse code um, and other spy tools. The second in the series is called The Case of the Curious Scouts. I can tell from the cover that the cheetah from the original ser- the original book in the series, Case of the Missing Cheetah, is now their mascot. Um, in the original, we have this really awesome like chartreuse and black and white color palette used to illustrate throughout. This time it's pink, black, and white. It's beautiful. And I'm um, super excited to get my hands on the second in the series for my girls at home This is the perfect chapter book for emerging readers, somebody who can take on a chapter book but needs those intermixed illustrations to keep their attention. Yeah, my nine-year-old is really into that book. Another that I'm excited about comes from Stuart Gibbs. He's a humorist that people really love in middle grade chapter books. He's written one called Once Upon a Tim. It's an illustrated book about a peasant boy who does not want to grow up to become a woodsman like his father. So he sets out on an adventure to rescue a stolen princess. This is a great addition to the early reader canon. And I think fans of Stuart Gibbs are going to be pretty excited. 
Ellen, why don't you tell us about middle grade chapter books, um, a really good title coming out from Kelly Yang. Yeah. So Kelly Yang is kind of a staff favorite author. Um, She's known mostly for her front desk series. So this new title, um, New From Here, is going to be a Good Trouble book club pick. So I think we talked about Good Good Trouble last last week as our middle grade um, book club, super so- social justice focused. Anyway, this story follows Knoxway Evans' family during the upheaval brought by the COVID-19 pandemic. They moved to California from Hong Kong in hopes of better weathering the pandemic, but the move poses a lot of challenges um, for the parents, yeah, for the parents, for everyone in the family, yeah, um, because they're experiencing this um, pandemic-related re- racism. So Kelly Yang writes middle grade characters really well. Um, we're very excited about this new book from her. In young adult graphics, we have um, a contribution from Alice Osman. Um, she's best known for the Heartstopper. Oh yeah, yeah. Heartstopper's so good. I love that series. And that's a graphic novel, a graphic novel series that has been super, super popular. Um, this is a, a chapter book for young adult readers called Loveless. And what's unique about it is it it features an asexual character, an ace character. And we really value at Dog Ear Books making sure we find literature that represents all identities. And so we're really happy to add this to our curation. Now that our champagne is coming, our champagne bottle is almost empty, we come to what's popping at the store. What this is week. popping? Yeah. Popping at the store this week, we have um, our totally graphic book club for high schoolers. They read graphic novels. And they're going to be reading the Free Speech Handbook by Ian Roseberg. 5 p.m. Friday night. Super exciting. Graphic novels. We really, really believe in those for all ages. They have important information, great storytelling, and brings in reluctant readers. Um, and then tell us, you know, back to back on Friday night. What do we what else do we have on Friday night, Ellen? Okay, from 6 to 9 o'clock, we have the Central Iowa Author Circle offering a free workshop for writers aspiring to publish. So these are a couple of gals who are writers, and they just want to help other other people who are on that journey, whether it's, you know, you want to try to publish with the, you know, big publishing companies, or you want to independently publish or whatever. But if you're on that journey, you should totally check out this workshop. Just a, you know, as somebody who also aspires to be a writer i find it really helpful to like be around other people who are writing and get over that hump of like sharing my work which is like the most vulnerable part of it right um, we really want to provide these opportunities for central iowa's aspiring writers and this is just one way for you to get involved in that at dogged books and with that cheers to another week of reading Thank you for joining us. We are. Okay. Not to be confused with butts. Butts. (laughs) Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Your Books every single week. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at Dog Your Books Ames or at Dog Your Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so 
glasses. Room to make a big mistake. That was like the anthem of high school. For we, are, me. we could be the chicks. We could.